Superman. Superman. The one with Christopher Reeves. The one with Christopher (laughs) Reeves. None of them other folks, Travis. We're not not doing the rest of that bullshittery. (laughs) We're doing the one with Christopher Reeves. We're doing the one with Christopher Reeves that has the man that squealed like a piggy. Well, you know, in fairness, he squealed better than any squealer I've ever squealed with. Well, that's an interesting thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) And that will not be cut or edited from anything. (laughs) Fine. I'm here for comedic value. The following has been paid for by the Rage You Nerds. Rage you nerds, I am Mr. Cack, and I am joined this Friday, as with pretty much every Friday, my brother Jared, our friend, the amazing shrinking Travis, TJ. <laughs> and, and we are Rage You Nerds, and we are currently only on Twitch and YouTube. Sorry, Facebook people. But when I was thinking Losers. about when I was thinking about the choice. I do think Facebook is the one that messes us up quite often when we try to stream all of the platforms at once. Uh, But in honor of something that YouTube is doing, or I guess a channel on YouTube is doing starting this Saturday, I only feel it's natural that we support YouTube for at least this go-around. That in, uh, oh my gosh, what was it? It was like Super Samurai Cyber Squad. Uh, that was another one that was super interesting because it's like, all right, so the internet is this thing where we have to get transported into and fight in Megazord-like characters against the evil computer viruses because it's the <laughs> late 90s and we don't understand the internet. <laughs> we don't know what's going on, so we're making shit up as we please. Yeah, but That was another good one, a super underrated <clears throat> uh, uh, Power Rangers ripoff series soup I, I think it was called like super samurai cyber squad uh it had the brother it had the guy that played the brother of uh sean uh the older brother of sean from boy meets world as like the the main character i think one of the main okay. characters yeah it was interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. it was interesting i used to i used to rent the vhs's back in the day Used to rent the VHSs. Congratulations, Mr. Cack, on dropping a sentence that a certain age listening to this doesn't understand what the hell I just said. For those of you who don't know, a VHS was a compact... Wasn't compact. It was not compact compact at all. It was like a book, but for your eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) A book for your eyeballs. It used actual tape. A physical thing. (laughs) All right, let's get to Superman. Superman! Mm, let's do the let's do our tell the tape. 
So released December 15th, 1978, director Richard Donner, distributor Columbia slash Warner Bros. Stars. I thought this was an interesting how they how they listed out the names. Marlon Brando, top booking. Gene Hackman, also top booking. Christopher Reeves. Oh yeah, the guy that plays them, you know, the main character. Uh, and Ned Beatty. Was this before or after he squealed like a pig? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Runtime, 143 minutes. Budget, 55 million. Made, 300.5 million, which in 1978, I imagine, uh, has a huge, huge inflation rate for what it would equal now. Uh, the awards for this, they won an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. This is our currently highest rated Rotten Tomato score, uh, 94%. Google users, 85% liked. IMDb was a 7.3 out of 10. Uh, so, so yeah, you boys, you boys have a, have a special connection to this one. Uh, this one was not the one I thought it was when I was going through most of the week. Uh, so I will, I will hang back and I will throw in my trivia when necessary. But uh, you boys, you boys take the reins. Go ahead, Mr. TJ. Well, I just want to start out by saying the original Warner Brothers logo. Like, who else misses that original Warner Brothers logo? You don't? Not this guy. Oh. Interesting. I was just sitting there. I was watching the first thing that popped up. That Warner Brothers. Superman logo, wasn't it? So I I pulled up the Warner Bros. thing. There There was a point where in like Like the early 70s. Yeah, the old hand thing. That is a weird. That's a. I completely blocked that out of my mind being their symbol. The shocker. What? Jed, you're 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 exploring an interesting path with your comments here recently. (laughs) I don't. That's what I got from it. What did you get, TJ? I just said I just kind of miss like seeing that old Warner Brothers logo. I just I just can't not see it as two fingers going up somewhere right now. (laughs) I just I can't see it as anything else right now. It is burned in my mind that it's like okay. All right. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Moving on. To proceed, from Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from the shocker that Jared sees. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Not really. <laughs> Content, so... baby. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say, you broke Travis. Can we talk about how how epic that theme music is? Unless, Jared, you have a problem with it, too. No, I love it. I mean, it just immediately comes out. Of course, like the first opening credits in the movie are like 20 minutes long. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least it felt like it. Um, but just how epic that that music is. You know, it's like when you think of Superman, like you think that music doesn't matter what Superman you're watching. If it's, you know, the Dean Kane or, or whatever, it's like, it's not Superman without that music. So I agree. What's your next point? You tell you what, since Mr. Cag is here to react to our points, since we were the, the only ones that took notes, what do you say? You run through your, like we did last week, you run through your list, then I'll run through mine. Okay. Um, 
one of the notes I made is, you know, pretty much the movie starts out, it immediately sets up the sequel. You know, the one that CAC thought it was. <laughs> I, I think I think that for me is the better one. I don't know if people will agree. <laughs> it is. It is the better one. Definitely better. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and it I'll get to that one. <laughs> you know, but it's just like, I like how it immediately sets up, you know, the sequel. Yeah, it's fair. With the trial of with Jor-El and the trial of Zod. Marlon Brando plays Jor-El, um, and apparently he cannot pronounce Krypton. It is it is Krypton. We're sitting here. We're sitting here in Krypton. 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 Um, I could have been a contender. You could have been a Krypton. Krypton. Um, so one of the first notes that I made was... Uh, you know, you sit there and you're watching like this first opening scene of this movie. And my first thought was, wow, is Zod the bad guy or is Jor-El really the bad guy? Right? <laughs> because, I mean, doesn't it seem like with Marlon Brando and the way he acts, like whenever he's like starting to put his son in the in the spaceship, you're like, he knew, you know, and even told like, you know, oh, this uh, uh, this planet will not last 30 days or a day or something or however, yeah. however long he said. 30 days. Yeah, so, you know, immediately I thought, Jor-El blew up Krypton. I mean, just the way he said it, the way he was talking about it, the way he had already planned, like, like nobody else, you know. And he, he's just like, I'm, listen, you, you come so to me and my family and you tell so, me. So, wait, hang on. Maybe Jor-El put them in the little mirror stasis floaty away thing. Phantom Because zone. he was like, huh? called the phantom zone shut up tj <laughs> the mirror the mirror spacey thing 10 points yeah, for travis they said the phantom zone is just a mirror floating through space <laughs> it's fair all right all right go on next note um so so he put... <laughs> i'm sorry this is, by the way, you can tell me and TJ have been friends for a long time. My next one was like, was... I would write something down. TJ writes something down. It's the same thing. And t but TJ, God bless him, he's like, well, the actual name is this, but I wrote down the same thing that you did. <laughs> um, you first meet Martha and Jonathan Kent when they're driving, and then the spaceship crashes, and then they're like, oh, it's a child. No one ever says, hey, we should maybe call someone, you know. <laughs> it's just Martha pretty much treats him like a dog and is like, can we keep him? It's like, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> it was. I think even, I think, I think dad even was like, well, hang on now. Wait just a second hand. She's yeah. like, but we can't have no babies. And he was it's, like, can oh, okay. Keep, can we keep him? It's like when you find a dog on the side of the yeah, road and you're like, oh, right. look at that can dog. Can we keep him, honey? Can we, can keep we please him? keep him? I got that vibe too. It's kind of like, really? You didn't call the police? Yeah, I didn't, didn't say, hey, this crazy spaceship like... landed and then, like this child was in <laughs> exactly. it. Lifted up the truck. Like, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the point of contention that I was kind of like. It's like, it's like we got to change this flat tire here. And the, oh my God, the truck fell. And this little three year old boy is like, ha ha ha, I lifted it up over my head. And both of them at that point was like, yeah, we should keep him. <laughs> we should hold on to this guy. He's going to do great things, and we don't want the government being involved in this. 
<laughs> Here so, in Kansas. So my next my next note was um, the rest of the scenes, like for this start of the movie, is Clark growing up and like dealing with his powers and being in high school. You know, you're you're introduced to Lana Lang. Um, yep. Who is actually played by a different actress? The actress that plays uh, in the third movie that plays Lana Lang plays Clark Kent's mother in Smallville. Right. But anyway, um, so so you see all this stuff, you know, and then and then you know Jonathan Kent dies. But here's the thing that kind of got me was the next bit of movie, like Clark's like, I got to go north, and then he goes north with like this crystal, I guess. And then, you know, that creates the Fortress of Solitude. And then so he goes in, he learns about his Kryptonian heritage or Kryptonian heritage. Um, But like at that point, I don't I can't remember exactly. But does he like he he pretty much spends like several years there in the in the Fortress of Solitude? That's what it kind of elaborates to. But so. Well, not elaborate, yeah. but that's that's what it hints to, but it never elaborates. So here's my question. Where did he get his degree in journalism to be hired by the Daily Planet? They left that part completely out. <laughs> you know, suddenly he's grown up and has a degree and, a, you know, and the and then the, uh, the the disguise of the suit and the glasses, you know, and and but like. It doesn't say, well, you know, Clark was allowed to leave to go to college or anything. It's just like, we're going to keep you here and train you and teach you all the things about all the planets and all the everything in the solar system. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But it's just like, next time you see him, it's like, hi, I'm Clark Kent, and I'm on a job. (laughs) That's just a testament of how easy it was to get jobs back in the 70s. Back in the 70s. He'd need a master's degree now to just go do journalism. Um, then Jared, there's the, I made a note of the, the thing we, we discussed in the text message. I don't know if I want to, if we should talk about it or not. Let's hold off on that until okay. I get to my notes and then we will kind of discuss it as <laughs> okay. what you think versus what I think, because I sent you a text on that too, that said, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've yeah. got to kind of unpack that too. So it's, I've, yeah. Anyways, go on. Okay. So. So it takes Lois falling off a building for Superman to reveal himself as right. Superman, right? Mm-hmm. So um, how long was he living in, you know, uh, Metropolis? <laughs> I'm going to say before this happened. 15 years. Just letting random people die miserable deaths. Just letting everybody die. die. And all of a sudden he was like, hey, cutie. <laughs> you know, I'm going next... to grab this helicopter here. This was this was about the point where I, I stopped taking notes because it was last weekend and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna watch the rest of the movie and I'll come back and, and watch it a couple times throughout the week. The old Ninja happen. Turtle approach. <laughs> that didn't happen. I ended up uh, I ended up watching it before the show, just kind of fast forwarding through it to get to get through the movie. Um, let's talk about Lex Luthor. Yes. Let's talk about well actually before I do that, my notes are out of order. Um, Whoops. You're so out of order himself. 
one of the things I liked about it was when Superman finally reveals himself is they do the scene where it pays uh, homage to the Max Fleischer cartoon series. I don't know if anyone else picked up on it. If Jared, you picked up on it. Um, when he's going to find somewhere to change, he stops at a phone booth and then uh, runs away. Okay. Well, he looks at it and then he goes and goes to one of those, you know, spinning doors. Spinning doors. Yeah. So the Max Fleischer cartoon series, um, he always went into a phone booth or right. like, you know, or there was some door, some, <clears throat> some room that had, you know, the light in it where you can just see like the silhouette of him yes. like taking off his clothes. So that's one of the things I liked about that. Is it kind of, I caught it kind that, of but I, I, I did, I wasn't, I caught it and I thought that's significant, but I'm not sure how, but that was planned. So anyways, go on. Um, Lex Luthor. He is the greatest criminal mind of the century. He lives in a bunker. <clears throat> now, don't get me wrong. I like his bunker. I think it's neat. I wouldn't mind having one myself. Could correspond um, with Ghostbusters 2 in the slime. So, he lives in this bunker, and he's the biggest, he's the biggest, you know, criminal mastermind, and it's all about a real estate scam. Yeah, right. Come on. Donald Trump. <laughs> He's Donald you know Trump. <laughs> they did make it's him more of a con estate. man and less of yeah. a, of a... <laughs> something like an actual criminal mastermind. Yeah. You know, he, he you Sorry. know, the, <laughs> you know, the cartoons and, and everything else like Lex Luthor is like this businessman who doesn't like the fact that this Kryptonian is coming to Earth and he wants to protect Earth from Superman. So he does yes. all this stuff in order, you know, to protect Earth from Superman. But like Sleuthor in this movie, he wants to destroy California. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been times that we've all wanted to destroy California. <laughs> but Kudos. that is Lex Luthor's biggest plan is to destroy it California. Really is. So that he, he bought up a lot of desert. A lot of worthless desert so that he <laughs> yeah. can destroy California and create real estate, beach real estate in that desert. Yep. The, the ultimate evil. <laughs> the ultimate evil. Greed. Well, I mean, really, though, isn't it not yeah. greed? Yeah, but he's a he's a con man, right? Like, well, sure. It's like, yeah. oh, I am the criminal mastermind. I am making... This set of people purchase my products as a member, which then they will then sell on their proceeds. Lex, that's a that's a pyramid scheme, right? Shut up! That's <laughs> what we're doing. You know, so that that um, pretty much sums up. Aside from the ending, which I think Kaku, you said something about uh, yeah, the ending. It's not a... We'll yeah. discuss the ending yeah, too. Yeah, ending yeah. Goes we'll back discuss the ending too. But that pretty much sums up my notes. All right. Are you ready? I take notes like a first-year college student, by the way. You start off I, so I, strong, and then you burn out. And then just I like, screw it. I take, notes. <laughs> I take notes with things that capture my interest, and I write them in shorthand. So when I read them back later, I'm like, the hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? That's how I took, that's how I took notes as a second-year college go. student. Here we go. So, first note, and I don't know why, maybe it's because I'm a space nerd, but we talked about, you know, like, uh, uh, General Zod or Jarrell destroying Krypton. 
But the best I can tell, and I, by the way, I've watched, this is going to come as a shock to many of you. I've seen this movie twice. I watched it one time in probably 1986, and I didn't like it for a couple of reasons that I'll get to in my notes. But I didn't, I didn't like it. And I don't ever remember the beginning, <clears throat> except for the, you know, sentient being being sent to Earth. But did a collapsed star destroy Krypton? <laughs> Is that what happened? So we, we have a red dwarf, basically, that just exploded. And people trying to warn everybody. So, yeah, maybe there's something to Jarrell saying, hey, I'm going to put you guys in this and you guys get out of here and we'll hook up later. Maybe if I make it. How Zod and Superman became enemies. I'm sure there's a comic book explanation for that. Point one was just mental floss. Point Hold two. On. Hold yes, on. Go you, ahead. Yes. You, you know, can we can we can we address the topic that for a planet that has mastered space travel and has all this technological advances, they can't, they can't tell the star. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my thing. I was like, point two. TJ, you'll like this. And this is, again, and I typed this up after I wrote it, but I typed it word for word what I wrote. We should really be looking into crystal-powered things. All sci-fi uses them <laughs> for some sort of power. Why aren't we doing this? Have you ever noticed this in every sci-fi thing? They're like, we have to get to the power source of this, and it's a, it, it's a goddamn quartz thing. <laughs> and they're like, uh-huh. Star Trek, yes. Stargate. Yes, it's like why is the government not saying? You know what? We could do something with that right there. <laughs> I mean, so, there's a, there's a lot of people that use crystals for healing right now, Jared. That's true. That okay? All right. Are, okay. are you saying they're ahead of their time? <laughs> uh, perhaps that's I mean, space <laughs> fuel. Quit rubbing it on your feet, you weirdo. Ten, ten years ago, I would have said no. Those people are. Where's the power crystals like, of this nope, con console? Cool. Oh. You have it on your back because it's healing you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So can you imagine what Superman could have accomplished with all his things if he had a ZPM, right? Yep. Right. Another drink of Canadian beer. Moving on to How point number that? three. <laughs> all right. The graphics on the scene where Clark is running with the train are hysterical. Oh. Even in 78, <laughs> even in 78, it had to have been obscurely funny. <laughs> this was one of those things where I was watching his, like, he's running the train, shows his face shot, and I'm like, yeah, he's keeping up the train. And then they, it looks like a puppeteer doing. It looks like he's sitting on like a, like, is it like on a green screen? And he's supposed to like, he's sitting, but it's supposed <clears throat> to mimic running at the I same time. I laughed so hard it woke my neighbor up. <laughs> <laughs> So, I get it. It's 78. Yep. What are you going to do? All right. So, point four. <clears throat> here's, here's where we can actually unpack some things. <laughs> Other than my notes. Uh, the movie takes a while to get going. Scenes are slow and not much in the way of lines. For the first half of the movie, it's very cinematically based. There's not a whole lot of verbiage going on. It's just kind of like you see things happen. And there are cavemen like, huh, huh, Metropolis, uh-huh. And there's not much there. I, I feel like that's kind of where it lost me because I was watching this and I'm like, man, I, I know I've only seen this one other time, but this kind of blows. <laughs> Where's, I need more. I need more. What do you guys think? Did it, did, did it feel like it, for a two, two and 
two hour and 14 minute movie. Did it seem like it just kind of like, you know, I feel like they yeah. could have pushed a little bit harder and like really kind of got the let out. It, it felt like it drug on, but then like once it started going, they had to speed it up because they wanted to keep it under two hours. Right. So they exactly. tried to rush in a lot of, a lot of stuff. Which is why I think Lex Luthor's real estate scam really could have had a little bit more in depth to it. Next up, after that, Christopher Christopher Reeve plays a good daft bugger. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is like when you finally get to see him as Clark Kent, he's like, "Oh hey, how you doing? I'm very friendly." Ha ha ha! ha. It's just kind of like <laughs> nothing about you is believable, dude. And I think that might have been part of it. But it's so annoying. It's kind of like you're too nice. You're too handsome. You're too. You, something's wrong with you. He is. Oh, alien. I spilled coffee over here. Let me clean it up, Lois. It's okay. He's like the Frank or not Frank Sinatra. Who's the other guy? Jimmy Stewart. He's like the Jimmy. If Jimmy Stewart were Superman, Jimmy Stewart were Clark Kent. It would be what we created in Superman the movie. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I, I spilled coffee on your seat. I'll clean it up there, Clarence. You know, it's just. I don't know. I felt it was very kind of. Uh, I don't know. It's just his character, Clark Kent, got on my nerves, uh, which goes me, which goes straight into um, point seven. Superman goes from innocent bystander. He spent all these years in Metropolis not doing a damn thing to Robocop in like two scenes. Nobody heard of him before, but now he wants to fight crime and save kitties. Yeah, <laughs> he's been in Metropolis forever. And all of a sudden it's kind of like. There's a crime having it at 34th and 56th Street. <laughs> say, it took, it took Lois falling off of a building for him to finally go, building. you know what? Maybe I'm ready to be Superman. Maybe that was it. We've all done stupid things for ladies. Okay, point number eight. He's extremely polite to the point of nausea. <laughs> oh, hi there. Sorry you're robbing this bank, fair gentleman. Have a good day. <laughs> and maybe that's a comic book thing i don't know but it's just kind of like dude really I, I mean the golden age of superman is what led to the 90s being all right how do we murder people in the most brutal fashion <laughs> that's a fair point they were like no people are too people are too polite we should start give us a superhero whose superpowers are guns lots of guns <laughs> Ah, the Punisher, right. you say. <laughs> yeah, number nine. Uh, nobody had ever heard of Krypton before, but somehow Lex Luthor has got a book. <laughs> He's got a book somewhere. Nobody's ever heard of this place before, and Luthor's like, wait, hang on, I've got a book. And he's able to get his hands on some kryptonite somewhere, somehow, from this galaxy 400 light years away. He's like, wait. Because I'm a criminal mastermind, I can score pieces of space junk. <laughs> Nobody's ever heard of this place. And he finds a book in his library underground with the mood slime. <laughs> I, I, I felt that. <laughs> Watching that scene, I was like, so wait. He, he's sitting here talking about the, this, this, this being from another planet, right? Okay, yes, he's got superpowers. Okay, cool. How do we stop him? Well, I don't know. Where is he from? Well, let me navigate my library of ancient technology <laughs> oh wait krypton could that be it okay it's krypton good now that was bad enough and then they were like wait 
we have a way to send a device way out there to pick up a chunk of this coal and bring it back because we think it'll hurt him. So <clears throat> there's a plot hole, perhaps. Um, um I, I was I was watching some of that. Didn't didn't when when Superman's being interviewed by Lois, doesn't he like mention like he mentions the lead, but doesn't he not mention he's from Krypton? He does. And that but he never says anything about um, anything from that planet hurting him. Or That's anything. yeah. So so, I think uh, the Lex Luthor thing. Um, it's like he finds like, I guess there's like someone had found some of it or something. Oh, okay. It's like yeah, they don't like build something to go out and get it. Right. I think they well, do that, that in that... one of the movies though, don't they? Part. Like, Four, I think, where they get his hair and they send it into the sun to make Atomic Man. Yeah, but I mean, like going out to Krypton, <clears throat> like I think it's there's I've seen it in like I think an animated, some it may animated be animated Superman thing, but <clears throat> but um, no, like they find like the the guy who has it. I guess he's in in one of those books or something. Okay, that has like that. a chunk of it. But here's the thing. How did he know the kryptonite would hurt Superman? Exactly. That's the other that point. That doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah. Jack, what do you think? I, I think that's totally fair. I'm not done, by the way. I think I think there's a lot of ass pooling that happened to make this movie <laughs> work. And well, it, surely it grossed... something from his home planet can hurt him. How about the radiation from this rock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't hurt him before, but because... This sun is different, and we have an atmosphere. Okay, point yeah. ten, and I think both of you would probably agree with me on this. The movie gets very campy towards the middle slash end, mainly <clears throat> at the very first point where Luthor and Superman meet for the first time. It's very much like a 1960s Batman. Well, Joker, you're never going to stop her. Oh, but I bet I will, Superman. Ha, ha, ha. Well, I bet you won't. It's just kind of like, really? Let's punch him. Do something. You're all like, well, I bet this. Well, I bet that. Well, I bet this. Just, just laser eye him or something. You know, freeze breath. Something. Luther, shoot him. I don't know. Do something. <laughs> it was just, it annoyed me. To, and, and whatever actually happened, I don't remember the exact. Somehow, Superman. Oh, wait. No. He, there's the box. <laughs> and Luther's like, no, don't open that. And he opens it up and it's kryptonite. He's like, I'm dying, and Luther just just very gingerly hangs it over his neck and then throws him into the pool. <laughs> it's just kind of like I remember watching that last night. Just like, no, I like when he's trying to get it off of his neck, and he's just like, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I like that the action, like the director, probably just said, "Act like it's killing you." <laughs> <laughs> Pretend like it's strangling you. The rock is bad. All right. Point 10. Or 11. Yeah, 11. Um, and then we will go back to what me and TJ discussed. The reason I saved this for last, because Mr. Cack mentioned previously, and TJ, you might have echoed it, that we have serious problems as nerds with the end of the movie. Yeah. Not just the actual end of the movie. But the physics involved at the end yeah. of the movie, <laughs> such as perhaps 
flying around the earth so many times backwards backwards <laughs> so apparently to time travel all you have to do is manage to make the earth rotate in the opposite direction yeah all right so yeah. superman somehow goes back in time by flying against the earth's rotational extraordinarily fast and then goes back to the future doing the same thing in reverse some math nerds did some nerdy math out there and found out that he would have to be traveling at close to the speed of light to make it around the Earth that fast. But there are other physics barriers that must be dealt with. Mm -hmm. This was just dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, listen, what you're saying is that time traveling is, like, can be so pinpointed that we're only time traveling Earth. Everything outside of Earth that didn't get rotated by Superman's magic. Are they now are they now minutes hours ahead of the rest of the world? Right. Like is the sun now aged further than what our world was prepared for well, now? Not only that, but let's just think about What about astronauts? Those people yeah, on the some, space station, some, like, you're just poor, like, what the hell? <laughs> some poor Russian fuck up in the internet. Captain, it's, it's rotating the wrong way. <laughs> what? It's spinning backwards. <laughs> so, I, so, I think, I think, I, I think I would be considerably less bugged by it. No, I'd probably still be super upset by this whole ending. Because I just, oh, I think it's such off. a cop-out ending. But, yeah. listen, what if, like, not maybe not the second one, because we gotta get Zod and we gotta bow to Zod. But what if, like, the third movie, they're like, all right, so you remember how we, like, did that timey-wimey bullcrap? What if there was a consequence to that? What if that caused something to just poop its pants? And, like, now uh, we have to do it. For example. Well, you know, the whole thing with, um, you know, what he's, he's thinking about is, like, you must never interfere with, you know, history. You must <laughs> never interfere. No, he goes and it just what happened. Ah, uh, you're back. You're back. You're back. You, Skype is like having a filled day with YouTube boys right now. Yeah, Don't be the whole screen you're just fired. Back, so. Yeah, fire Skype. You know all this stuff like you must never interfere. Like that would have been good if there was some kind of consequence. That there happened. wasn't. Well, you know. Yeah. Not that we know of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I well, think I, I think that if a third <clears throat> movie was supposed to be Brainiac, but they dumped it down to like a supercomputer on Earth. Yeah. Right. Which scared the hell out of me, by the way. I did not watch I would watch that entire movie up until the last fifteen minutes where the lady got taken in by all the computer stuff and somehow came out as a robot. I don't know why it scared the <laughs> shit out of me. And I never would watch it. So when I'd get to that point. And I turn it off. That's fair. Uh, we can have right. a whole like topic on on the third movie. So it's, we could, and we yeah. might. Who knows what might happen? Doo -doo! All right, TJ, are you ready for yep. topic number five? Ooh. To which I affectionately, <laughs> affectionately titled, "So grab him by the blank." <laughs> okay, so 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 I let's made set it up. A, set it up. I set made it up. It, so. I first heard about this back when I was listening to Hollywood Babylon with Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman. Um, they showed this scene in in the Superman, and what happens is – I'm just going to flat out say it. Say it. Um, Clark Kent pulls a Donald Trump and grabs Lois Lane <laughs> by her – 
Very or lady region. <laughs> yes. Nose. Tongue. Um, I don't know if we can say the word on Twitch or anywhere. Kitty <laughs> cat. So, and I, I told Jared about it. I said, whenever you see this scene, watch this scene closely. Because he trips, falls, <clears throat> and grabs her by the hoo Okay. So, at this point, I'm immediately watching this movie now that thinking with, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it, one. <laughs> right. And after that, every time, like, I see Clark Kent or Superman talking or, like, looking at, at Lois or anything to her, I'm like, man, he is a perv. <laughs> because I want you to think, like, other stuff that he has done in the movie, like the interview scene where she's like, what color underwear am I re- wearing? And, like, ten minutes later, he's like, pink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, Kak, have you do you know the scene in question that we were talking about? I do not, but now I'm it's interested. Approximately one okay, not time in, time left. One hour and thirty one minutes or so left. So basically, yes, what TJ says, Lois and Clark are fumbling through the office, they trip and he reaches his hand around and touches her lady area. Now, when TJ first texted me this, I thought, oh, my, I should take a look at this, and I'm going to watch it anyway for our podcast on Friday nights. It's so super I quick. It. It's, it's not just like, quick, hey. And by the way, know, and did you get quick. my text, by the way, yes. about what I thought? Okay, so yes. I watched this thing 38 times <laughs> because I was like, hang on a sec. What I got was a six-foot-three man and a five-foot-zero woman Running into each other as Holy part of the scene. Crap! He like <laughs> he like it? he like hits her in the crotch super fast. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. Okay. And to that point, he has super speed. He yes, he he's got super speed. Shit, man. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have noticed this. So here's normally. what I think. Here's what now I. Think. You're never gonna unsee it if every time you watch the movie. Here's what I think. He has long arms. She's a very short person. That's an but, awful specific place to reach, though. Shut up. Wait, though. Wait. Watch immediately after that scene. He does that. They both kind of stand up. They're almost both waiting for someone to yell, cut, 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 cut. I think, and <laughs> I'm not saying it was intentional or not. Who knows? You know. But when I watched it, and I and I did, I literally rewound and watched and watched and watched, and I was like, I slowed it down. I was like, I'm not saying he did that on purpose, but he has long arms. That's the natural reach of where his arms are going when they run into each other. He okay. didn't reach. Hang on, wait, 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 wait. He didn't reach. He he never he never he never like insinuates he's reaching for that area she almost turns into his hand and real quickly they both like stand up for just a sec now here's here's my opinion two things number one i don't think christopher reeve did that on purpose but maybe we don't know (laughs) we don't because he's dead (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'd ask him, but <laughs> he ain't he ain't alive no more. Um, 
I don't think that was done on purpose. So there are two options left. Number one, it was a complete accident. Or number two, both of them knew what was going to happen. Because, wait, 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 wait. Again, don't watch the scene where he does it. Watch the scene, not the scene, the, just seconds after. Both of them stand up like, holy shit. Whoopsie. What happened? <clears throat> I think it was strictly a coincidence. Or they had planned on that. They had talked about it. They had said, we're going to kind of do this, and then we're going to stand up, and then we're going to keep acting. I don't believe it was malice. I don't believe Christopher Weave. Christopher Weave? <laughs> Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Weave. Christopher, I don't... And again, I don't know the guy. I don't know. He, he got kicked off a horse. Maybe the horse was mad at him because of what he did to Margo. Um, but I watched it. I watched it so many times because I was like, I, I, I can't. I don't want to say definitively what I think about this. And after everything that I saw, it was a complete accident or planned by so both here's, parties. Here's my thought because I've, I've watched it a few times. To me, it looked like, you know, and everyone's view of everything that plays out is going to be different. But to me, it looks like he might have done that on purpose and she was not expecting it. So that was why her reaction was the way it was. And, you know, she was facing more of the camera than he was. And he could have just been like, his reaction could have just been like, what? Seen it before that, though. though. It wasn't, though. It wasn't, though. His reaction was... They both like straight up shot off. And like, everyone views things differently. So like he could have I mean he's been he could have done it on purpose and it was just like what? You know. Um second thing is the scene before that when she's whenever uh he he opens that soda and it spills all over him and she starts reaching down it could have been a receipt. <laughs> it could have been a receipt. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> yes. It could have been a receipt. Which is why I lean more towards both of Margot, Christopher got together and said, we're going to do this, act all shocked, and continue acting. Because there's nothing in that scene that dignifies somebody is about to yell cut or one of the actors saying, hey, I'm uncomfortable. Well, it was also the 70s, so, like, I don't know if they would say anything. <laughs> well, okay, that's a fair point. <clears throat> but I, I think if, 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 if one actor, even in 1978, because they're still actors, they're still divas, if one of them were thrown off their game for even a little bit, they would have said, hang on, wait, cut, let's start over and do it again, I lost, you know, whatever, let's try it again. Um. But that was one that was one continuous cut scene, which leads me to believe, like I said, it was either a complete accident or 100 percent planned. I don't know. I'm just telling you what I saw. I hear typing. I'm just so fascinated by this whole subplot. <laughs> Cat hasn't been listening. He's been looking for Christopher Reeve's sexual deviant. I'm, I'm watching well, like, it again just well, to like see now, his response. Now on like Reddit, people are like, uh, someone had mentioned that in a director's commentary, <clears throat> Richard Donner had said, 
the surprised look on her face was bumping up against Christopher Reeves' package. His, his rather super package. Doesn't explain the touch, but apparently, you know, it, it might be addressed in commentary somewhere out there on one of these cuts. I don't know. Other people are saying that Margot Ka Kidder was apparently known to be, had flicked his codpiece at one point. So maybe this was an escalation of, of sorts. I don't know. But I'm like super intrigued now for, for a movie that I don't like the ending. I am now interested in this subplot that's going to be like, because both of them passed, there's no way you're going to find anything definitive out of this. No. So this is a no. fool's errand, but man, does it just create new intrigue for me as someone that, you know, a lot of the movie I just I like I like Superman too better. <laughs> when did wait? When did Margot Kidder die? She was also a suicide. So this is. Fuck. I know. I know. Or or there maybe there was something mysterious about her death, but I think it was ruled a suicide. Uh one of those one of those sketchy Hollywood deaths. And it's like oh man, that's just that's sad. Dick Cheney got her. The old Dick Cheney. Um, so, are, would you boys like me to throw some trivia out there towards you? Yes. Okay, so this, to go back to something that we talked about originally, where <clears throat> I had mistakenly said that this was for hope, apparently there is a new wrinkle in why the S was being worn. And it goes back to a point of contention where Marlon Brando at times is receiving credit for suggesting that they put the, the S symbol on there and make that the uh, House of L symbol. So why it's an S is, you know, whatever reason, I guess in the Kryptonian language, that's just what the, the crest looks like. It looks like a, an, Amer uh, uh, an English S. Um, but, uh, but so that's kind of where this plays from is that it's, it's the crest symbol. Uh, they were also apparently trying to find a way to explain, well, the S has to get on there somehow, even though the comics had always established it was Martha, uh, Martha and, oh my gosh, what was Clark's father's name? Jonathan. So Martha and Jonathan's, like, their thing was like, well, you're, you're going to have an S and you'll be Superman. Uh, but so, like, this was their way of trying to, to figure that out. Uh, there is a, a treasure trove of amazing Marlon Brando trivia to just let you know how of a crap person Marlon Brando was in the filming of this movie uh, and the sequel. Uh, so let, let's let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's uh, do it. Marlon Brando was paid seven, or not seven, three point seven million plus a percentage of the gross for twelve days of shooting. The payment Damn. also covered the sequel, which was shot at the same time. Which another uh, a compounding trivia: uh, Donner was about. I think 75% done with the second film when he got crap canned and couldn't let go from the project. <laughs> um, so, uh, so there was this, uh, Brando did not appear in the sequel because he sued the, 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 uh, people, uh, that had fired Donner, uh, and had not paid him his percentage of the profits. He ultimately received about 14 million for 10 minutes of screen time. The footage shot for the sequel was used in Superman returns 2006. I don't want. I don't want that job. Ah, right, so to to give you more depth to the the fourteen million <clears throat> worth that Marlon Brando got uh, on his first day of set, Marlon Brando suggested that the cameras roll during rehearsal. 
Brando reportedly said, who knows, we might get lucky. According to Donner, that very first take was the one that he used in the finished film. Brando was notoriously lazy and was constantly pulling little stunts like this to lessen his workload. Christopher Reeves even complained about it in an interview saying Brando was phoning it in and it shows. <laughs> As an up and coming, that could have ruined his career. Yeah, no it kidding. did not. No kidding. Uh, Let's see. Uh, there was another one I really liked. Uh, Marlon Brando refused to memorize his most of his lines in advance. In the scene where he puts infant Kal-El in the escape pod, he was actually reading his lines from the diaper on the baby. He told director <laughs> Richard Donner that was the only way to keep his performance fresh and not over-rehearsed was, was to record the first time he <clears throat> read the lines. I totally buy that. And he got paid 14 million dollars that is that is something that is something uh here's some here's some gene hackman gene hackman initially refused to shave off his mustache that he had grown out and was super proud of at the time uh to play lex luther in, in an early one sheet of the movies his face is featured with a mustache before before richard donner and hackman met face to face donner proposed to hackman that if he would cut his mustache, Donner would cut his too, and Hackman agreed. It turned out that Donner didn't have a mustache at all. He wore a false mustache and then peeled it off in the last moment. <laughs> I, don't, I, I feel bad knowing that Gene Hackman got robbed in such a way. Well, Gene Hackman didn't also want to be bald-headed for this, so he... He had his hair colored and stylized differently in different shots to give the appearance that his actual hair was a wig at, uh, throughout the course of it. And then he wore a skull cap in the final shot when he gets dropped in prison uh, and takes off the hairpiece. Yep. Let's see. Well, and, then. Yeah. Uh, so some some fun things there. Uh, was there any, was there another one that I looked at that was like, hmm, that was super interesting. Nope. Uh, Clark Kent and Superman parked their hair on different sides. <laughs> so, if you did, so if you didn't, if you didn't so notice not that. just the glasses. Yes, yeah, not no, just the glasses. glasses in the suit. Um, who was it? There was someone that uh, was one of these, uh, uh, Ah, oh, man, if I could find it. Uh, there was another actor that apparently saw the uh, that saw Christopher Reeves on, on set and, like, walking around and didn't realize... Like, he was in the Superman suit, and he didn't realize that he had just walked past adoring crowds of females that were enamored by his super physique. But that when uh, he was dressed as Clark Kent, barely anyone noticed him. <laughs> so it's like legitimate like that costume like it is legitimately yeah, a disguise you, it brings all the boys to the milkshakes from the yard what has that yeah bungle? you nailed it though <laughs> you nailed yeah. it. <laughs> it, brings, it brings all the boys to the milkshake of the yard <laughs> you know what i'm talking about though. and they're like it's better <laughs> than <laughs> yours <laughs> There's a wise milkshake in a yard, and uh, the boys are there. <laughs> as, as George Washington once said, the boys are brought to the yard of the milkshake, and they're like it's better than yours. <laughs> uh, so that's Superman. Good job, fellas. Good job. Good job. 
Good job. Uh, we nailed it. <laughs> we nailed it. Listen, again, I there's so many good things about the Christopher Reeve Superman. I just unfortunately don't think this movie <laughs> is one of them. But the music, as, as you guys mentioned in the beginning, the music, super, super iconic. Every time I think of Superman, I do think of that score that starts off uh, the film. Uh, but I, for whatever reason, I blacked out and forgot that Marlon Brando was in this film and that he was white-haired uh, in the beginning. Like, that just did not register at all until <clears throat> until pulling up uh, photos to throw in our little slideshow there. He definitely was a contender. There were times when I was I was watching his scenes going, he, he, he kind of sounds like, it, when he's not acting, he, he kind of sounds like um shit what's his name john no darth Vader. i can't believe i'm forgetting this name i'm a star trek fan john luke picard no i don't know any more fucking people today come on no mm, that's my book mm. that was my mm. milk that was my milkshake of the, of the yard. Did it bring all the boys to the yard? William Shatner. I can't William, believe what? Wait. What? 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 <laughs> no, when Marlon Brando is not acting, he 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 for like there's this sense, there's a couple scenes where I was just like, that's very William Shatner-esque. <laughs> like, Fair. I mean, you see some of William Shatner, not like he is now, but like in the you know, <laughs> 70s and 80s Shatner. You know, Star Trek, the original series Shatner. There's stuff that Marlon Brando did in this when he's not acting and reading his his lines. It's very Shatner-esque That's in fair. some scenes. That's fair. Uh, so that either tells me Marlon Brando is really such a good actor that William Shatner is, you know, so good that he's a bad Marlon Brando. Hmm. I don't know. Well, That's I'm tired. Uh, yeah, so we'll wrap it up. Just throwing this out there right quick. Uh, Christopher Reeves got so buffed between like this film being filmed that they actually had to go back and reshoot some of the earlier stuff because he was more muscular uh, in the later <laughs> stage of the production. And also, Paul Newman was offered the choice of playing Superman, Lex Luthor, or Jor-El for the fee of $4 million. Paul Newman said, nah. I'm going to make salad dressing instead. <laughs> nah. Four million. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe he found out Marlon Brando was getting 14 million for do five seconds of filming. And he was like, well, if I'm not getting 14 million, I don't want nothing. I'm going to make salad dressing instead. <laughs> All right, boys, boys, boys. <laughs> and this is our milkshake and this is the yard. So that, that's the show. <laughs> Uh, Travis, Jared, myself, thank us for being here. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, if you, if you, Thanks. <laughs> if you're listening Just, to the, you know what, you know what, Des, despite my drunkenness, <laughs> which has been off the rail at times, but I feel in control tonight, is a pretty good show, boys. Yeah, I think we did it. I think so. I think we did. You got Jolly Roger in the background with the guitars there. There you go. Hey, do, do you know, I have a dog who's not licking his balls at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I've got, everyone knows. Of course, he can't lick I'm his balls be because balls. they don't exist anymore. I've got oh, the. TJ had them cut off with a box knife. I've got the never-ending image that Warner Brothers was originally a symbol of the Shocker. <laughs> which then I then saw Superman try to do the Shocker on Lois Lane. And that's been burned into my brain. <laughs> Where's my brother? My other brother. And then I've learned of the the boys. Dolphin? With the milkshake and the yard. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will be back next Friday uh, for Halloween. Or not Halloween. Who for the for Valentine's Day themed episode. I don't uh, know. Single Awareness Day, brother. Single uh, Awareness Day. So I'm going to throw this yeah. out there and you boys tell me what you think. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Holy shit. Let's do Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Alright. Yeah. Perfect Valentine's Day movie. Single Awareness Day. Yeah. People dying. The the, the ice cream brothers trying to trying to find yeah. love in all the wrong places. Yeah. Landmines. Wait, no. There were no landmines. I'm pretty sure they had sex with those I like clown the ladies. Popcorn guns. Yeah. Popcorn guns were fun. Alright, so Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I think that's a good one. Okay, uh, thank y'all so much. Uh, if you're listening to this, if you haven't already, feel free to like, share, subscribe. Uh, if you are like the person, the I think his name was Greg or Chegg or something like that on YouTube that okay. called us out for being that called me out on being wrong about the uh, the Danny DeVito refusing thing. Thank you for listening to us because that was 45 minutes in. So we appreciate you. Listening long stuck enough in there. to tell us you, that we were wrong. Yeah, yeah. We by no means ex- are experts at anything. We're just no, four guys no, we ranting are. about shit. It was well, 11 o'clock, and I misread the the thing, and then Jared called him a wiener, and then that really set off poor Greg or Craig or whatever his name is, and we apologize well, to I'm you, sir. Craig. We apologize <laughs> to Craig Chegg Maleg. But Craig, remember, we are the boys. Ahead. These Great are the milkshakes, and this is this is the yard. So <laughs> that's, that's all I got for you. Danny DeVito, not a wiener. Danny DeVito, round of applause. He took all of the tomatoes and lettuce. Uh, good for him. Good for him. Danny DeVito, I apologize to Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, if you're listening to this, get back to us on the Wendy Williams Show. We look forward to chatting with you. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a foot, you motherfucker. (laughs)